This podcast will contain adult language, mature situations, athletic young girls with their first infatuation, restaurant managers having life crises, unique romances, creepy stalkers, and raindrops. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 334, Raindrops Can Bring Happiness as Well. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Some podcasts and manga reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Yes, we are back for another fun episode of this awesome podcast, and I hope you've been doing good. I've been pretty chill, pretty relaxed. Things have been going a little crazy, but you know how it goes. Just take it one day at a time. That's the best way to do it. But you don't want to hear me wax about philosophy. You're here to listen to me talk about manga. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. As I said before, Spirekin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. Pretty much what that means is every episode, depending on the show you listen to, we talk about a different geeky property. Could be a movie, could be a game, could be a story, could be a television show, could be a convention, whatever. We tell you the pros and cons about it. For mangas, we talk about the art style, the characters, the overarching plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-hosts say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes Music, iTunes Podcasts, YouTube, and various other social media sites. Just type in Spirekin, S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N, I guarantee you'll find us. If you want to send us any comments or concern. You can direct message us at Spirekin on Twitter, or you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. Now that we've got all that laundry list out of the way, let's get to it, shall we? Because it's been an exciting week. Yes, it has, because a lot of stuff came out this week. And I'm pretty excited, because yesterday, the 24th, we had not one, not two, not three, but like 25 manga came out. And two of them were not in the U.S. That was the crazy part. But... So the list of manga that have come out this week are A Sister's All You Need, Volume 5, The Light Novel, Death Marches to the Parallel World Rhapsody, Volume 9, The Light Novel, Fairy Tale, The Manga Box Set, Volume 1. Now, if you are someone who collects fairy tale, this may be the thing for you. It is a huge compilation of various mangas that is set for fairy tale. Me personally, I don't need it because I don't have the room, but you might like it. Goblin Slayer, Volume 8, The Light Novel came out. Haganai, I Don't Have Many Friends, Volume 17, was released. High Rise Invasion, Volume 9 to 10. I think this is coming to the end of this insane series about a bunch of killers with smiley faces on top of high-rise buildings, but you never know. How to Not Summon a Demon Lord, Volume 5, was released this week. How to Build a Dungeon, Book of the Demon King, Volume 5, the manga came out. Interview with Monster Girls, Volume 7. Laid Back Camp, Volume 7. Land of the Lustrous, Volume 9. Megas of the Library, Volume 2. Missions of Love, Volume 18. Nameless Asterism, Volume 4. Our Dreams at Dusk, Shimonoma Sogara, Volume 3. Overlord, Volume 11, The Light Novel. Reincarnated as a Sword, Volume 2, The Light Novel. Now, this one's only in London, folks, but Rojin Z, the manga adaptation. Yes, the story of an insane medical bed that wants to take an old dying man to the sea and sounds like his wife is being re-released. Why? I don't know. Whatever. Skeleton Knight in Another World, Volume 2, The Light Novel is being released. The Ancient Megas' Bride, Volume 11, the manga is coming out. 
the Asterisk War Volume 11, the Golden Sheep Volume 1, the Quintessential Quintuplets Volume 5, Worlds and Harem Volume 6, and finally, Worlds and Harem Fantasia Volume 1. Now, out of these series, in different manga they've been released this week, the ones I'm going to highlight, definitely, you have Goblin Slayer Volume 8, you have How to Not Raise a Demon Lord Volume 5, Interviews with Monster Girls, which we still haven't reviewed yet, but it's kind of fun. Our Dreams at Dusk seems interesting. I've heard good things. Um, well, The Golden Sheep, I have not heard anything about, but it might be fun to look at. And as usual, Quintessential Quintuplets Volume 5 is something I'm intrigued in. It's become almost a guilty pleasure, even though it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see where it goes, and, well, check it out. If you want to let me know what you guys are reading, you can email me at zansparker.com. Let me know what you're most excited for if you think I'm wrong for hating on some of these series. Especially things like um, Asterisk War I'm really tired of. Also, World's End Harem really was just kind of a blah series, but whatever. Anyway, so let's get to the manga review at hand, shall we? Because if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 333, I spun that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. It dictated to me that reviewing a manga that was written by June Miyazuki all the way back in 2014 till 2018. Four years. It's published by Shogakukan, but released over here by Vertical Inc., which means, yes, it is a senin, folks. It is for men over the age of 18 under the age of 60. There are 10 volumes, and there is a TV series, which is currently available on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. It's pretty faithful some changes here and there to speed up the process but the demographic would be a kind of want to say it is a romantic not slice of life but a romantic midlife crisis-y manga and what are we talking about we're talking about koi wa amegari no yoni or after the rain the actual title if I remember correctly, is going to be translated as Love is Like After the Rain, which is kind of important because this is about, it's a love story. And it is about a young girl named Akira Tachibana, who is a beautiful, very popular high school student who's a little bit shy. And she has this look on her face, like, I want to say resting bitch face, but actually that is it. She has resting bitch face. So a lot of people who look at her are intimidated by her or scared by her. But she's actually a very nice and polite person. And she was the star of the track team. She's tall, she's elegant, she was amazing. Until one day when running, she got a severe pain in her ankle. It turned out she tore the cartilage in her leg. They were able to repair it, but unfortunately she can no longer run for long periods of time, which means her life as a runner is over. Her friendships, well, for the most part, they're doing track. And what's she going to do when they're doing track? Not much. So she didn't know what to do with life. She was very depressed. And one day she walks into this kind of family restaurant, all sad, it's raining. And she's sitting there and just musing about life when the manager shows up. And gives her a coffee. Super nice and gentle. Uh, at one point he actually makes. Because there's no milk. He makes milk magically appear using a sleight of hand trick. And he makes her smile. 
And this is interesting because he's an older guy. He's 45 years old. He's divorced. She doesn't know that at this point. She just sees this really nice guy trying to cheer her up. And she becomes infatuated with him. She, she's like in love with him. So as a spur of the moment idea, she ends up asking him, is this restaurant hiring? And she gets a job at this restaurant. She becomes a new waitress. She has a new senpai, this really nice girl named Yui, who's very bubbly, also obsessed with food, becomes her friend. And she's working at the restaurant with as many hours as she can so she can get closer to the manager. Meanwhile, like I said, she has a little bit of resting bitch face. So the manager is like, okay, there's this girl that's looking for work, but she's kind of mean and gives me dirty looks. And then it gets a little awkward at times. But behind the scenes, Akira is always there saying nice things about the manager. And when her friends ask her about what kind of guy she likes, she admires the traits that this guy has. Kind, sweet, has a bald spot, sometimes doesn't lower his fly, which is really weird because he's like talking about the fact that his fly's half down, which is kind of embarrassing, but whatever. And she's into into the manager and she's just slowly working there and maybe gaining his trust or trying to just learn about him. Meanwhile, as a result of this, she has some differences. Like one of her best friends of all time, her friend Haruka, who's her best friend in track, her relationship with Akira is becoming strained because one, Akira is spending most of her time in this job, but also... Haruka is still part of the track club, and she's constantly running, constantly setting up meets. She's now the first, the big shot, and she loves running. And there are times where she reaches out to Akira and says, let's hang out. And she's like, no, I got to work. And this leads to a big stream because they're best friends. And it's just like the question of was track all they had together, keeping them together? Was that all they had in common? And it becomes a, I don't want to say a sticking point, but it becomes a big drama because Haruka still wants to be Akira's friend, and Akira isn't seeing what she's doing is pushing away her friend. And it's kind of... What happens with that, it seems like they're going to eventually make up, but where the point that... I stopped reading, I think, the second volume. They're a contention because it's an issue at this point. It's like, track wasn't all we had as friends, but you're blowing me off for stupid reasons, and I don't want to talk to you type shenanigans. Uh, another issue in class is there's this guy named Takashi. He is this, I don't want to say he's a stalker, but he's like most typical guys. He sees a girl he likes and he constantly is stumbling over himself, trying to get her interested in him, asking about her favorite things at one point saying, Hey, do you have a cell phone? Uh, can I get your number? Uh, do you use line? And she completely is oblivious and does not realize he likes her. Walks away from him, and he's like, oh, maybe she's hard to get, and may I keep trying and keep trying. And he does keep trying. Eventually, he kind of stalks his way into finding out that she works at this restaurant, gets a job at the restaurant, and now he's the new dishwasher boy trying to still get with her. So you have this ensemble cast of characters in this restaurant who are working together, and the main focus is on Akira and the manager, who I forgot to say his name is Masami Kondo. And... He is someone who's actually very intelligent. His best friend wrote a book. He was going to write a book, and then he kind of got in a funk and ended up just working at this place perpetually forever. He's having a bit of a midlife crisis where he's like, I'm stuck in a job I, I've been doing forever. I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of it. My friend is now a best-selling author, and 
I write just as good as him. And my book that I've been writing, it's still on chapter two. I can't get past it. So he has some stuff going on. Eventually, over time, Akira and Masami end up talking and just he starts realizing she's not just a horrible bitch that works there, that she actually is a person with feelings. And he sees how awesome she is. At one point, there's a guy who forgets his cell phone in the restaurant. So he says, we'll leave it, we'll forget about it. Akira grabs the cell phone and says, where is he? Right there. And you see her within three seconds. She books it and catches up with the guy and says, you forgot your phone. Because she is still that track star. She still has the muscle and the spirit and the strength of it. The problem, though, is, is that, like I said, she has a torn cartilage. So by her doing that, she fucks up her leg bad. And Masami has to take her to her doctor, which is close by. And she is super shy about, oh, can you please leave the room? And he's like, oh, I guess she doesn't want to see me. It's like, no, she doesn't want him to see the huge scar on your leg, which is where she had surgery. And the doctor knows something's up. It's like, oh, you didn't, I didn't know you were so self-conscious about your scar. Uh, eventually, afterwards, she takes some time off. He goes to see her and apologize, brings some cakes for her. And they meet outside of the her apartment. They end up going to like get some coffee. Why? I don't know. Reasons like the logic makes no sense why they end up going on coffee. But they end up going out for coffee. They're talking, and he's kind of happy that she's acting a little bit more like a girl. She's normal. She's terrified. She's like, oh my god, he sees me in regular clothes. It's so embarrassing. He's like, oh, she looks like a regular girl. Uh, I wonder how the rest of that goes. And one, she admits that she doesn't have a boyfriend, that Takashi isn't her boyfriend, because he thought that that was the case. And she actually says, I like you, meaning I'm in, interested in you. And he's like, oh, that's good. I thought that you hated me, thinking she meant I like you as a person. So this leads to more misconceptions for a little bit. Eventually, she just straight out tells him, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. It's like, this won't work out. Listen, I'm a 45-year-old divorcee. Life is good. We haven't even gone gone on a date yet, and you won't like it. And she's like, you mean we'll go on a date? Um, uh, 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 oh, shit. And he talks himself into a corner. So they end up going on a date. But someone else finds out that they're going on a date and kind of blackmails her to go on a date with him first because he's interested in her because he's more close her age. It doesn't really work out because he's a little, like, not pervy, but he's like, He's like sexually attracted to this girl and she wants nothing to do with him. So it ends up where he's like, well, you know what? No matter what, I'll still be here when this doesn't work out. Cause he knows it's not going to work out her and the manager. And so she goes on the day with the manager. It goes, well, it goes, they go to a movie that she saw like two times because of this situation. And it's the same movie that she went on the date with the other guy with, but it works a little better. And she's actually flowing, finds out that he's a huge book nerd like I said, he writes books, so she finds he's a book nerd, gets into the books a little bit. And, like, the one book she's attracted to is one about runners and runners' bodies, which is actually kind of cool to show that she's still into running, even though she can't do it anymore. I think she'd be a good running coach, if that's her future. Someone who's in physical education, I think that would be a good path for her in the future. But I digress. So they end up together, and it, but he ends up kind of saying, look, this isn't going to work out. We can't work out, but we can be friends. And so, in her mind, she figures, oh, we'll just be friends, and then eventually I can make him like me if I keep just working on the friend. So, friendship into love. 
which is a, which kind of could work, but it's so it's a buttoning relationship that could work, could not work. And where the first volume ends, it is uh, she's become friends with his son, and they actually she did something. She made them dinner without him knowing, which is kind of funny. And that's where the first vo volume ends. Now the cool part is that the first volume for Vertical Ink is a double-sized volume. So it's two volumes for the price of one. It's Omnibus. And you get a lot for your buck. And I've got to say, it's kind of addictive. I do like this series a lot. I like where it's going. I'm intrigued by it. The art style is excellent. I find it to be very compelling and, and very, well, it fits the series. The tone of the series very well. I will say, though, at first I thought it was a Jose series. I was surprised it was a Zenin. Because the way it's written, it's it feels like it's more for a female audience. So it may have been classified wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. Zanspiker.com. But that's what I think. I think that that's the um, that it's for a different demographic than what it is for. But either way, it's a very well. I like that it's a story where it's may not end where you think it's going to go because I don't know where it's going to end. I really don't. I don't know if they're going to get together. I don't think they're going to get together. They might get together, or she might grow as a person. We'll have to wait and see. It is romantic, and it is very um, heartwarming at times. Some of the dialogue is a little saddening. <coughs> like I said, the whole thing with her and her friend are kind of heart-wrenching. Because it's it's just simple misunderstandings. It's nothing crazy. It's just a little... If they had a little more communication, they would be fine. But that's not the case. But that's what happens when you're, you're a teen. You know, you don't think about the consequences of... But that's the whole thing. It's about growing up. And I think it's a great coming-of-age story. I really do. Um, I think that's all I could say about it without spoiling too much. So... Overall, my rating is this is definitely a borrow from a friend and don't return less offered Pocky. It's really well done. What keeps it from just going a little higher is it does get a bit cringy at times. Not fan service cringy, but like cringy with you had the chef, the one guy I told you who was kind of sexually attractive. He's a little pervy. You have all the stuff with Takeshi, which is pervy. And then... Akira's, she's not really pervy, but she's, it just, it feels like this is not going to end well for her in the end. I don't think, I mean, it might end well, and that would be really, well, like, she grows up, she becomes an adult, then they get married, and life is good, which would be nice. But I don't know where this could end. Because there's a point when he, he says, he's like, if I was younger and you were older, this would be perfect. It is head. And that's the, that's the problem. It's like, I don't think he's going to go through He's going to sabotage it. Or, I don't know, maybe 10 years later they get married. Who knows? But, yeah. If you disagree with me or agree with me, email me, zanspirekin.com. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, remember, check out my name earlier. It's www.zanspirekin.com. Email me, zanspirekin.com. And uh, let's get to the last part, my favorite part of all. That part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only the <laughs> shit that hurt.
my throat. Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin that one, not only the Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, that's we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 335. And I'm very excited because we got some great titles on here. <coughs> so let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode. Okay, um, so next episode we're reviewing a manga. I have no idea what this one is about, uh, but the translation for it is After School Dice Club. So, gambling manga maybe? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yep, guess that's it. So with that in mind... This is your Hosan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep reading manga. See ya! <laughs>